All right. Well, why don't we pray, shall we? Well, actually, first of all, before you do that, let's, uh, oh, thanks, guys. Let's uh, stretch our hands out to the camera. Uh, Pastor Catherine is in Wondera right now in South Australia at Glory City Church, Wondera. She's ministering there and she'll be back next Friday. But let's just quickly pray for her. Can we do that? So Holy Spirit, we just thank you for Pastor Catherine, Lord. We thank you for um, everything that you've got for that church today, God. I just thank you, Father, for a powerful time, God. I just thank you for the spirit of um, revival, God, to just be unleashed on those people. Father, we thank you for your fire, God, and we just pray also for protection over them and safe travels, God. We bless their health and we thank you for all that you have for them in Jesus' name. And everyone said, all right, who's ready? Wow, all right. Well, tonight I want to talk about um, something that kind of flows a little bit from um, the last two Sunday messages um, if my memory serves me correctly, that Pastor Catherine has spoken about. Who's heard, who's been here for the last couple of Sundays? Yeah, that's not a test, is <laughs> um, And the first one she spoke about, now just something I gleaned from it was, she talked about the idea of soaking for, for solutions or answers. Who remembers that? She's talking about, you know, sometimes when there's something that's really like bothering you or really kind of getting on your nerves or you're just not sure what to do, is she talked about actually going and just lying down and not actually trying to like solve the problem, but just soaking, becoming aware of the presence of God and just resting. And then, the, and then an idea would just pop. Who remembers that? And then last Sunday, I believe she talked about asking with, um, was asking from a place of reverence, knowing that God is going to answer and actually becoming aware that like what, when you pray, taking a moment, not just throwing, offering out a worried prayer of like, oh God, I hope you you do something about that, but taking a moment, looking at God, remembering who He is, and then asking from that place of rest. Who can remember that? So what I want to do tonight is actually want to um, kind of carry on from that a bit, because I feel like the predominant theme of that is actually that there is this fruitfulness or this, um, this advancing of the kingdom that comes from a place of rest. Does that make sense? And so what I want to, um, and I feel like actually, that God is wanting to prepare our church and our people for a period of acceleration and increase. And I believe one of, the, one of the keys to fruitfulness and longevity in this next season is what I'm going to talk about today. Does that make sense? All right, so if, we've got a, if you need a title for today, I'm calling it Keys to Peace, Fruitfulness and Longevity. All right, so... Actually, let me just pray again. Would you just guys lift your hands to the Lord? Ha. Huh. Holy Spirit, we just thank you for the word tonight. God, we thank you for what you're wanting to do in this place. God, and I just thank you for every yes to you, God. I thank you for every, man, I thank you, God, for every person, God, that is standing for breakthrough tonight. God, I thank you for the courage and the faith that they already have. And I thank you, God, that you are doing something brand new tonight in their hearts. God, I thank you as I release this word tonight. I pray, God, what you are wanting to say would be said, heard, and delivered in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Father. We ask for your power. Father, we ask for your anointing, and we thank you for it now in Jesus' name. And everyone said, all right, so we're going to start with, 
Is that happening? We're actually going to start with Matthew eleven twenty-eight and 30. Oh, here we go. All right, Matthew eleven twenty-eight. It's actually through 30. It says, come to me. Let's say this all together. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke. Oh, hang on. This is a bit of a delay here. Okay, here we go. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. All right. So first of all, I want to have a look at verse 28 here. It says, Come to me all who labor and are heavy laden, for I will give you rest. Okay, now that word labor there, see that one underlined? That actually means to be fatigued, weary, tired, exhausted, with toil, burdens, or grief, or bodily labor, essentially. It's basically saying if you are tired physically, um, mentally, or emotionally, if you're exhausted. Has anyone ever experienced that? Woo, all right, great. (laughs) It's a good day. Now, then the next word there, laden, actually says um, to be overburdened with ceremony or spiritual anxiety. Right? So come to me all who who labor, who are emotionally, spiritually, physically exhausted, and who are overburdened with spiritual anxiety or ceremony or religious duties. Come to me and he'll do what? He'll give you rest. Now, that word rest actually means to cause or permit one to cease from any movement or labor in order to recover and collect their strength. It also means to keep quiet and calm with patient expectation. So this is Aaron's attempt at kind of summarizing what this scripture is sort of saying. That it's come to me all who are physically, mentally, emotionally exhausted due to the overburdening of religious duty and spiritual anxiety. And I will cause you and give you permission to cease from any movement so you can recover and collect your strength. Does that make sense? And why do you think this matters? See, Jesus is saying, yo, if you're exhausted or if you're burnt out and be it on religion, be it on life or whatever's going on, then come to me and I will give you rest. I'll give you permission to stop for a moment so you can recover your strength. And why? Because you've got something to do, right? Each one of us has something that God has called us to do, and you're not going to be able to fulfill all that he's got for you and be able to be firing on all cylinders when you're exhausted. See, it's kind of showing a value here of what God has, right? There's a mission that he has for us. Now, I want to just talk about this quickly. Has anyone heard of the term chronic hurry? Maybe not. All right. So this is something that they're actually talking about in society now. That's a real situation that we've got going on. And it's a state of being where people are always in a rush, constant busyness, that things are just going faster, 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 do, do, do. They're never really stopping or unplugging. And what it's actually doing is it causes people to have or to be living in a perpetual state of anxiety or tiredness. Right, that's, that's kind of the state of what a lot of people are living in right now in the world. <laughs> Who's feeling encouraged right now? <laughs> it's going to get better. It's all right. Relax. All right. But I believe in this verse, Jesus is actually pointing out that this is no way to live. He's not making you feel, he's not making you feel bad if you're exhausted or you're tired. But he's letting you know it's like, whoa, that's no way to stay. And if that's happening, 
then we need to have a value system where we go and do something about that. He's like, yo, this is how I paraphrased it. Yo, everyone, I put yo there actually, yes. Yo, everyone that is exhausted, overburdened, come to me. I'll help you stop, recover your strength so that you can keep going. And of course, then Jesus being Jesus, he doesn't just stop there, right? He doesn't just kind of bandage the wound or kind of fix us there. What does he do? He goes on and then gives us the tools to actually help us avoid getting to that place again. Right? Because Jesus isn't just there to fix the problems. He also wants you or just to partner with you so that you can grow and we can grow so we can learn to actually be people that deal with and overcome and learn how to live free from that. Does that make sense? So let's look at this next verse. We'll see if this is going to come up. Wait, look at that. All right, so what does it say? Take my yoke upon you, uh, on you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls. All right, for my yoke is what? And my burden is? All right. Now, you know, when I read this the other day, because clearly what I'm preaching about today is something God's been talking to me about, just so you know. But it's, it, when, when, when I read that the other day, my yoke is easy, my burden is light, I was like, I don't know, Jesus. <laughs> like following you doesn't feel very easy. Who, who knows what I'm talking about? Anyone with me? It's like, it doesn't really, doesn't really feel light to me, God. And clearly, it's because the Lord's got something for me to learn, right, in this. So let's have a look at it. All right. So what is a yoke? Okay, now a yoke, I actually have a picture for you guys. You ready? Oh. <laughs> a yoke. All right. Now, this a yoke is a coupling typically used with two oxen or cattle to plow fields. Um, all right, it'll hopefully come back at some point. Um, okay, now we're gonna have, we're gonna do we have to go for an old school example. Now I'm gonna need two volunteers. Uh, Grant Cleland, anyone at all? Grant Cleland and Travis. There we go. Is Grant Cleland in the room? He's out of the back. Is it easy for you to come out, Grant? There he is. Yes, give Grant Cleland a hand, and Travis. Okay, so we're going, to give, we're going to give a demonstration. Josh, I'm going to need that, that stuff, and I'm going to need Pastor Dylan to help me with this. All right, so I'm, I'm attempting right now. We're going to demonstrate what a yoke is. Would you welcome our two fine oxen to the stage? All right, so let, let's start over this side, guys. We're going, to, we're going to try this. All right, so Grant, can you come over here as well? All right, so if you can face that way, face that way, yeah, and put that right there. Okay, now, Trav, come a little closer, put that on your shoulders. All right, now I'm going to explain. So this is the idea. Remember, this is what Jesus is talking about. So he's just said, take my yoke upon you. Everyone say that. All right. Okay, yeah, just, just wrap them up, Dills. All right. This is totally safe. It's Okay. Okay, so, so now as I explain this, guys, I'm going to need you to kind of try and act this out for me, all right? Just so this, make sure this works. Okay, so, in, so when Jesus said this to them, this is what would happen in ancient, in the agricultural world, okay? Oxen typically would work in pairs. Say hi, oxen. <laughs> Great job. All right, so two oxen were yoked together. <laughs> and hopefully they'll be able to be unyoked later. <laughs> all right. 
Now, now here's the, this is the important thing. So ready? So one would be one would be a trained ox, seasoned ox. Ladies and gentlemen, our trained seasoned ox right here. Okay? The other would be a new younger ox. Say hi to the new younger ox. Okay. Now, the experienced ox would bear the majority of the load, okay, and they would be responsible, now listen to this, to set the pace, say the pace, and the direction for the younger one. All right, so when we talk about today, when I say, whenever I say the words yoke, I want you to think pace and direction. Are you with me? All right, so this is what happens. This is what Jesus is sort of saying. It's like, okay, Take my yoke upon you. So Travis is all of you, all right, for this example. Now, Grant clearly is Jesus. <laughs> Give it up for Jesus. All right. Now, now Jesus' job as the, as the older, more seasoned, experienced oxen here is knows where he's going, and he's been here before, so he knows how much strength it takes, and he's got the course in mind, and so he is going to just walk that beautiful straight line without flinching, and the younger ox is just coming along for the ride. He doesn't even have to be looking where he's going because he's yoked to the seasoned ox. Okay, let's try it, fellas. That's right. So, so this younger one is just doing his thing. Now, if you guys can try, maybe let's go down to the carpet and see if we can just do a lap down the front here as well. Just don't hit anyone in the face. Front row, be careful. All right. And see, wherever, you don't have to tell him where you're going, Grant. You just go where you like right now. Yeah, you're just doing what you like. And if you want to go faster or slower, you just, you just control that one. That's right. And so what this is actually a picture of, right, Jesus has just said, now remember, we're talking about being exhausted, all right, or burnt out and overburdened. And Jesus has just gone, yo, the key here is to actually take my yoke and join up with me. Right, link up with the more seasoned oxen and that let, allow me to set the pace and the direction for your life. Now, if you're a young oxen, that's right. <laughs> now, if you're the young oxen, you know, some of the things you might sort of think are kind of like, you know, you know, you know, Jesus, if we split up, I reckon we could cover twice as much ground on our own and we could get this done way quicker. Or we might be like, you know, Jesus, if we ought to do this, like, let's try this. Or if we go this way, I just feel like there's wicked, we're just wasting way too much time. Just give me like a nice steady pace there, Grant. You know what I mean? It's just like he's just cruising and he just knows because he's been here before. And this, guy, this little guy's like, man, we could be smashing this. We could be getting on. We could be doing more. But how many of you know that Jesus is very invested in your life? He knows the beginning from the end. And that you can very reliably trust his pace and direction that he sets for your life. And if we're talking about longevity and not becoming exhausted or not becoming overwhelmed and overburdened, Jesus is saying the way that we learn that is to do this, is to yoke ourselves to him. All right, are we good? Will we give these guys a hand? And Pastor Dylan Axie what a guy. I had to call in the big guns for this one. Now, just a side note. So Galatians 5.1 actually talks about that you've already been freed from the yoke of the, uh, 
Hang on, let me read this quickly. 5.1, it says, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free, and do not be entangled again with a yoke of bondage. All right, now another, another translation says, or be tied up again to slavery to the law. Thank you, Grant. And give these guys a hand. So it actually talks about previously you were already tied up. So it kind of suggests to me that, you know, either way you're tied up to something. And we love that illusion of like freedom that we're really in control and no one's really telling me what to do or whatever. But it's like, well, we're tied up to something. And that thing is going to eventually set the pace in the direction of our life. So take my yoke upon you. Now, then he goes on to say, learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly of heart. Say gentle and lowly. So the word learn there is actually learn by use and practice or to be in the habit of. So essentially, get in the habit of practicing being gentle and lowly. Does that make sense? Now, the word gentle is mildness of disposition, gentleness of spirit or meekness. Now, some translations actually say, for I am meek, right, and humble of heart. So this word meek, meekness towards God is that disposition of spirit in which we accept his dealings with us as good and therefore without disputing or resisting them, right? And in the Old Testament, the meek are those wholly relying on God, rather their own strength to defend them against injustice. So essentially, let me try and wrap these up. So we're saying, I'm going to embrace your discipline and correction as a good thing or your dealings with me. And I'm not going to try to make it all happen on my own. Rather, I am wholly relying on God. Does that make sense? Now, remember, we're talking about Jesus answering the question, how do we live free from exhaustion, right? Or how do we live in a place where we're not wearied and heavy burdened? This is what he talked about. The other word was lowly or humble. Basically, it's accepting in this context that we don't know everything and that we're going to submit ourselves to the one that does know. You know, humility. It's not thinking less of yourself either, but it's just thinking about yourself less, right? It's not making it about, not making it about us. And so if I was to try and kind of articulate or wrap up this statement, that it's if you practice submitting to the pace and the direction that he sets for your life, or it's basically, it is practicing submitting to the pace and direction of his life, which is humility, and he's then wholly relying on him rather than your own strength to see the results. Does that make sense? He says, then you will find rest for your souls. He says, learn from me. Right? Practice and learn submitting and being humble about and submitting to his yoke, his pace, his direction, and you will find rest. Does anyone know what I'm talking about right now? Has anyone experienced it before? Yeah, right, good. Because, <laughs> Like when I'm reading that, like it really sounds like the key to rest is actually the, our submission to him. Submission is not a word that I personally like very much. It sounds quite like, but it's actually like, the, like this is where our... our our genuine thing about it, like who's the guy that made us? It's God, right? He knows what you need so that you can be free and full of peace on the inside. And this is what he's trying to deal with or he's trying to say. He's not trying to control you. He's definitely not, right? Hello, free will, right? It's clear he's not trying to control any of us. 
But he's like, if you, if you want peace, if you want rest, and you want to flow with a fruitfulness out of rest, then this is how you learn. This is how you approach it and set it up. You know, for me, that looks like in the morning when I pray. This is, the, this is kind of a sample of one of the ways I like to pray. It's that, God, I surrender to you today to the best of my ability. I lay everything out before you. I recognize that I don't know everything, and I'm relying on your wisdom and experience to guide me today. That's an example of practicing a meekness and relying on him and a humility, right? And I thank you for the things that you've placed in my hands and that I'm going to do my best to steward what you've given me to do today. That's like the direction that you've laid out for me and the thing that you've said, okay, right now, Aaron, this is your season and this is what I want you to do, then I'm going to do my best to just submit to that direction that he has for me. Even when it's a little bit like, you know what, God, we could be probably making a little more progress. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yoked up. It's like, has anyone ever felt that? You're doing exactly what God's told you to do. And it's like, this feels a little dry right now. Or like, could we walk a little faster? I'm keen to get to my next season. <laughs> Does anyone know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. But now this is my favorite part. The last thing is it's like, and this is what I'm learning to do right now. It's like, okay, now, Father, in terms of, okay, the pace, what is your expectation on me today? Right? Because it's easy, especially when you're in a culture, to let someone else or the FOMO of what you've seen on social media or your own expectations you've built up on yourself to be getting you onto the hamster wheel of life and getting you churned up and cooking and trying to, I've got to make sure I do all this stuff. When maybe Jesus is like, you know what, all I want you to do today is this, this, and this. And I wonder sometimes how much of the, the, the heaviness or the, the exhaustion or the whatever that actually causes us sometimes to have to pull off for a while has got to do with actually us just taking on, kind of getting a little ahead of Jesus. Does that make sense? And I'm telling you, I want to say this from personal experience, it actually works. I've seen the results. I can, and you know, the thing is that I actually am doing the same amount of work. So nothing in the natural of what my responsibilities are or the expectations or the time frame changes. None of it. And the only, only thing that's changed is that I'm not trying to like set the pace and think about it all, but I'm relying on him. And I'm telling you, it's a lot easier. Like naturally in the physical, it is way lighter. And it's way easier to actually manage, right? And, you know, I think why, one of the reasons is because you're not reacting to everything that's going on around you, right? Or trying to keep up and keep it all together. Tell me you know we never want to be living in reaction to things. Well, okay, let me say this. If, you're, if we're following Jesus, what did Jesus do? Did he ever react to the situations around him? What did he do? He said, I only do what I see my father doing. So rather than living in reaction, and you know, often it would be like, there'd be the, the, the very well-meaning urgent sort of situation or it's like oh Jesus we got to go and do this or oh Jesus why isn't this happening or you're the Peter and you're like slicing off the ear and Jesus is rebuking you right or those kinds of moments and you're like and you mean really well but it's like Jesus never seemed to be moved by that have you noticed what did he do it's like he was only going to respond to what he saw the father doing so if we're called to be like Jesus with what's going on in your life right now or whatever 
is affecting you or, or whatever's going on, it's like, what do you see? Or to me, the question is, what do you see the Father doing right now for your life? Does that make sense? Does that make sense? Super quiet. Whoa. <laughs> All right. So let's keep going here for a moment. Let's go to verse 30. For my yoke is easy, right? Now, in the Eliot's commentary for English readers, the word easy in the Greek basically means good, helpful, kind, and profitable. So not only does the yoke that Jesus asks us to, to yoke to him to, not only does it set the pace and the direction for our life, but it's actually helpful, it's kind, and it's actually profitable. So it's profitable to you in your life to actually set yourself to that yoke. Because you know the thing is like God's goal, how many of you know God's goal is not to keep you weary and heavy burdened? Do we know that? Right? Or to exhaust us. His goal rather is to cause you to teach you how to live freely and lightly. Right, Matthew, the same scripture in the message, who's read that before? says, are you tired, worn out, burnt out on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest, walk with me, work with me, and watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Now, then I tell you, like, learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I'm telling you, in the kingdom with God, that there is an unforced rhythm of accessing God's grace in His timing and His way and flowing with Him. And, like, all of a sudden, like, fruitfulness starts happening. And I'm not trying to do anything in my own strength. I'm wholly relying on Him. I'm telling you, there is a way to walk, right? We're called followers of Jesus, right? What is it? Like, take up your cross. No, hang on. Deny yourself, take up your cross, and what? Follow him, right? So we've got to be following. And it's working with him, walking with him, and watching how he does it. And he will teach you to live freely and lightly. Who knows what that feels like? Yo. Yeah, I know, like, I'm like a quarter of a hand raised up. Like, I'm learning. Like, we all are, right? But do you know, like, that's God's goal for you. When Jesus looks at you, that's what he sees and that's what he desires. Now, I just want to say, as a side note here, I understand, like, when I talk about all this, kind of the whole, the whole thing assumes that we know how to hear the voice of God, right? And that it's a real-time daily experience. And I realize, like, for some of us that, you know, if you struggle to hear God, well, that's the thing. I just want you to know that there's very good news. Everyone say good news, right? For as, as a fellow, like, used to struggle to hear the voice of God, I understand how that feels. Like, so much so that we're, like, when I was an 18-year-old or so, and Beck and I were just friends, so all just completely neutral, right? I was, like, one day I had this big decision. I didn't know what to do. I'm, like, hey, hey, Beck. I need you to go and ask God what I need to do about this. Like, that's how far back I was coming from, right? I was like, I don't know how to. And of course, she goes away and next, next 
day or two, she sends me an A4 piece of paper with what God said. <laughs> Classic prophets. How annoyingly easy for you it is. But I want you to say, like, if you, str- I just want you to know, like, I, I know what that feels like to struggle to hear the voice of God. I'm happy to report it's no longer the case. And I want to actually, I think it starts, if I can just break the lie that it's difficult to hear the voice of God. All right, because I think we got to start by realizing it's actually exactly the way that you have been created and formed. And it's the most natural thing that you are wired to hear the voice of God. And it may not be audible. It might be through the Word of God. It might be through like three different random things that all seem circumstantial and you will learn. But the point is like in Psalm, no, Proverbs 2.2, 2, it actually says that, oh, what does it say? It says something very, very good here. Do I have it? Do I have it? Do I have it? Yes, Proverbs 2, 2 in the Passion. Train your heart to listen when I speak. That means it's possible. It says, and in other translations, it says, incline your ear to listen to wisdom. Now, what's wisdom or who's wisdom? It's the spirit of wisdom, which is the Holy Spirit, right? Train your ear to learn to listen when I speak. You know, it starts by realizing, you know what? I don't need to always fast three days just to get an answer. Sometimes he might lead you to actually go and do that, and that's great. But who knows that God is always speaking. And it's not, <laughs> it's not, <laughs> okay, do you know, like God is always talking, right? It's always going on. He's, he's always present. And the thing is that there's a whole lot of traffic, noise, busyness, and other things that we have to clear the air of sometimes just so we can hear, right? So sometimes... You need to go and do what Jesus is saying. It's like, okay, let's actually just shut the whole production down for a moment so that we can learn to hear. And it starts by knowing that it's possible because you don't, you don't, you don't do it. It starts with, okay, what's the truth? And then I'm going to learn to grow and walk in what I know the truth is. And the only reason I can say that with confidence is because I live it now. And every single day I'm able to hear God when something's going on, I'm like, oh, I don't know. I'm able to sit down and now five minutes I can soak or whatever. And usually God will speak to me. And the way he speaks to me is I'll, he'll write in my journal. And then I'll go back later and it's some of the best words I've ever received is words I've given myself. <laughs> All right. So just say this with me. It is easy to hear the voice of God. Let's say that one more time. It is easy for me to hear the voice of God. You know, one of my favorite quotes from James Gall, he actually says that to, to say that you or no, to not read your Bible and then say that you don't hear from God is like saying that you never get a text message with your phone turned off. <laughs> so a great place to start. Well, one, sign up for School of the Prophets because the role of the prophet or the office of the prophet is to train the body and equip them to hear, right? That's one great option. And then if you're asking, you're not sure, then read your Bible a lot. Right. Okay. So let's try and bring this puppy home. Verse 30, the very end. My burden, everyone say burden, is light. So what is the burden that Jesus is asking us to carry? I'm going to refer to my man, Ali Cotts. Commentary for English readers. This guy's brilliant. I'm going to say it in a British accent too, but don't lose the meaning. No, I'm not actually. My burden is light. Okay, the burden of Christ, okay, 
was the commandment that most characterized his teaching. The new commandment that men should what? Love one another. And those who obeyed that commandment would find all to which it bound them light and easy. So the burden that is light is the burden to love one another. Now, what are we talking about here? Romans 13, 8 says, Be indebted to one, to no one, or owe no man anything except to love one another. For he who loves his neighbor has fulfilled the law, right? Now, this is the OG version, as far as I can tell, Leviticus 19, 18. Do not seek revenge or bear a grudge against any of your people, but love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. (laughs) I love how he finishes that up, right? He's like, love your neighbor as you do yourself. I am the Lord. Just in case you're wondering who's given the commandment. This is the burden that Jesus would have us carry. But the good news is, right, is that it's actually, that burden is very light. Now, let me explain. So I've experienced this recently as well. So when you have certain situations or different relational um, activities or you're engaging with different people and different things, sometimes when you're not sure how things are going to work out, right, it can, you can get a little bit or it's possible for some of us that you can actually allow fear to get in, get a little concerned about that outcome and then step into what I would consider a form of control where it's like, man, I'm not comfortable with how that's going to end up and I don't really know, so I need to kind of like get in and control this situation or kind of, and what you can end up doing in a relational context is actually rather than the burden being light and love is actually my goal here is to control everything so I feel safe and okay. Does that make sense? And I'm telling you from very recent experience, that is very exhausting. It's like that is a very hard weight to carry. Or it's like, I don't know how that's going to go on. I've got to make sure I keep control so I can make sure that this thing is going to all work out. How many of you know that's a lie? Because we can't really control much at all. Anyway, right? That's the deception of fear. So instead, what I actually, when I, when I kind of read this, I'm like, okay, so my only responsibility is love. Okay, so in this situation of these people, my job isn't to like control an outcome or say what I have to say to hopefully get an outcome. My goal is to see their value. Who are they? How do I love them today? How do I keep no record of wrong of them today? How do I seek their best? And so on and so forth, right? First Corinthians 13. And I'm telling you, this was the result. The next time I actually engaged in that thing, it was actually, I walked in completely free, and I'm not kidding. I'm not just fluffing this up for you guys for the sake of the message. I walked completely free, and the interactions were the best they had ever been, and then the outcome was better than I could have actually expected. Or there was a better outcome than the one I was even trying to control to get to or hold on to. You know, and I would argue I'm not a manipulative, controlling person, and I don't feel like I am, right? I'm not suggesting that on any of us. But it's like, it's not about being, the intention is like, oh, I want the best thing to happen. So then the, the hook is that I'm going to, I have to actually go and I have to, I have to get myself involved here because, you know, Jesus isn't doing his bit or I don't know, I've got to just, I've got to get in and figure this out for myself to make sure, which is the opposite of trust, Right? 
So who would have thought that Jesus knows what he's talking about? <laughs> Remember, and it seems so opposite to what, to what we, we experience. But let me just read 1 Corinthians 13, all right? Number one, and I'm going amplified, okay? We're going all out with this. So strap yourselves in. If I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love for others growing out of God's love for me, then I have become only a noisy gong and a clanging cymbal, just an annoying distraction. Oish. Verse 2, and if I have the gift of prophecy and speak a new message from God to the people and understand all mysteries and possess all knowledge, and if I have all sufficient faith so that I can remove mountains but do not have love reaching out to others, I am nothing. That's a big statement. That's like, whoo. Verse 3, if I give all my possessions to feed the poor, I mean, we're talking about, in my books, if I saw the person doing this, I would be calling them super Christian. I would be like taking my hat off, right? If I give all my possessions to feed the poor, and if I surrender my body to be burned, but do not have love, it does me no good at all. That's the Bible, right? Verse and I think 1 Corinthians 13, it doesn't mean doing, obviously, we want to do the stuff. But I think this verse gives us the focus of our lives as believers, right? That the goal isn't just what I accomplish. Like the end of my life, it's not just about what I accomplish. Rather, I feel like, and this I feel like what Jesus is really saying, is it's like, who are you going to become or who have you become? Is love the tempered place? Are you gentle? Have you learned from him? Are you gentle and humble of heart? Have you learned to submit yourself to the pace and the direction that Jesus has for your life so that you can be bearing fruit in every season? Does that make sense? And I think that's really the, the question is, did I become like Jesus? Or in other words, I think it was um, that wild prophet um, Bob Jones, I think it was. There's a story about he went to heaven and then God said to him, the one question Jesus asked him, and he was a wild, amazing prophet. He said, did you learn to love while you were down there? And, he's, and he kind of was like, well, no, I don't think I did. So God sent him back. <laughs> that was it's pretty fortunate for him. So this is what, just to, to wrap up, but what I believe Jesus wants to do is I believe he's wanting to teach us how to incorporate rest into our lives, to submit to the pace and the direction that he sets for us and to make love the number one goal of our interactions with one another. Now, if you're already there, high five and you're all the way. I'm so pumped for you. You can help, you can help teach us. But I feel like that's what, that's what God wants to do. And I believe, this is the thing, this is what I feel like he's saying, is it's, it, the result of this is going to be a fruitfulness like we've never seen before. When we can trust the pace of the master, the fruitfulness that will be cultivated because of the grace that's accessed, I believe is going to be exponential. But also the result will be that we'll be here for the long haul, which is also what God's plan is. Can I get an amen to that? Hmm. 
And I can tell you from the experience I've had with this that the more and more you step into this, just on a personal note, the, the far better like your entire life is. Like just on a personal note, it's like, man, I got peace. I know how to like get it when I lose it. <laughs> like that's the good news of the gospel, that Jesus came to give us peace and to give us and cause us to walk in his way, right? All right. Would you stand with me, guys? Hmm. Thank you, Jesus. So I want to actually pray for um, three, three groups of people tonight. Number one, those of you that feel weary, exhausted, can put your hands up if that's you, and don't feel bad. There's no shame at all. If you feel shame, we're listening to the wrong guy, right? No. We'll kick out that shame in Jesus' name right now. Thank you, Father. The good news is Jesus has got the answer for you. Okay, the second group of people is that those of you, and you know what, no one can really, no one can answer this for you and point it out for you, is is there an adjustment that needs to be made to the pace or the direction of what you're doing? Again, this isn't for someone else to point out, so we don't get to do it. If that's you, I just want you to just to take that as well. Number three, those that might be struggling with a relationship or struggling with the concern over the outcome, as I want to pray for a release of grace for us to, to simply get that burden switched so our only goal and response or responsibility is love in that one. All right, so if any of those three hit you, would you just raise your hands? All right. Whew, thank you, Jesus. All right, well, would you just pray in tongues for a moment, guys? Now, remember, we're going to do what Pastor Kay said. When we pray, we're going to believe that we have received what we asked for. Yeah, come on, let's pray in tongues. Father, we just thank you right now for every person here, Father, and that can hear this online, God. Father, right now we just take authority over the spirit of weariness and tiredness and exhaustion, God, and everything that that might entail. And right now, by the power of the Holy Spirit, we release a spirit of refreshing over them right now in the name of Jesus. We thank You, Father, that there is no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. God, and we rebuke the devourer and we thank You, Father, that they are free in Jesus' Name. God, I thank You for grace, God, to be able to come away with You and to choose the one thing that is necessary in that moment, God. I also feel like some of you need permission to just take a break for a moment. You haven't failed. 
It's actually the thing, the greatest thing that's going to cause you to be able to step forward in power. So we thank You for that right now, God. And I thank You, Father, for everything that needs to come together for those people to be able to walk that out, God. We pray provision. Father, we thank You for increase over everything they do in Jesus' Name. And we bless their minds because it is not God's plan for you to stay weary. God's plan is that you would live freely and that you would live lightly. So we thank You for that, God. All right. And God, we thank You right now for those. Come on, church, would you pray with me? Come on. Lord, for those that need an adjustment to the pace or the direction of their life, God, I thank You for such a spirit of clarity over them right now in Jesus' Name. Again, we thank You, God, that there is no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. I thank You, God, that there is no... God, all the concern about missing it and getting it wrong, we bind that in Jesus' Name. And we thank You, Father, that they can be free to learn, to grow, God, that they will be yoked to the Master and they will learn from You in Jesus' Name. God, I thank You that this is going to be a turning point for them, Father, for the rest of their lives in Jesus' Name. We thank You, God. Whoa. All right, and we thank You, Father, right now. You know, I feel like we should all just pray for this for each other. (laughs) Let's do it. God, I just pray You'd give us the grace as a company of people, God, to be able to let go, God, of all the reasons why we could hold an offence, God, or all the reasons why we need to control. We rebuke the spirit of fear, and we thank You, Father, that You have called us to be ones that lead and lead in love, Father and that the primary motive of our hearts will be love. And Lord, I'm going to be the first to admit that I can't do that by myself. We need You, God. God, we need Your grace. We need Your mercy and we need Your empowering Holy Spirit to help us. We just put the hands on the person next to you for a moment. And I just want you to pray for that right now for them. Yes, yes, yes. More God. More, 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 God. For some of you, I feel like the Lord is reminding you right now of something that He's already told you to do. And it's going to be the catalyst to release breakthrough. Thank you, God. Lord, I just release over them that You haven't given them a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. God, I just declare over them, God, that we thrive in relationships. We thrive in life and in fruitfulness in the Name of Jesus. Thank You, Holy Spirit, right now. For so many of you, I feel like the Lord is actually just, it's like giving you permission to just chill out a bit. You know, working from rest, it doesn't mean that you just do nothing. But it means that you actually, the place that you start from is where He's put you. And you know, I know some of us are real go-getters and it's like that yoke feels like it's just holding you back. But just so you know, on the other side of that spectrum, for those of us that are a little more laid back, I felt like God showed me a picture this morning. It's like sometimes I'm yoked up, but He's kind of dragging me by the feet. 
It's like, come on, Aaron, that pace is a little slow. It works both ways. Sometimes he's like, come on, it's time to run. Right? Only he knows. Thank you, Jesus.